I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. To all the football enthusiasts out there, we have some interesting news for you. It seems like Lionel Messi, the world's most decorated soccer player, has switched fields to Inter Miami, which is a part of Major League Soccer or MLS, partially owned by England superstar David Beckham. Let me tell you, this was not an easy decision for Messi to make. After getting offers from his home league, Barcelona, PSG with attempts to retain him, and from Saudi Arabia, which offered a whopping 400 million dollars for his services Miami won the lottery it's fascinating how the stars were aligned for the US considering north america is getting ready to host the world cup in 2026 but why mls why american soccer well there are a couple of reasons both on the professional and personal front for messi in the context of barcelona the league has been under financial strain and has been unable to renew a contract for messi to add to that there is less pay and complex politics within the league in the case of psg it was messi's own choice to step away as he felt that there was a lack of future projects and fan unrest according to reuters then came saudi arabia's league al hilal which in comparison was the most financially feasible option for messi offering him the deal of his life however money was not on the forward player's mind rather he wanted to move out of europe for some peace of mind and for his family according to the new york times that's how the mls happened here's the catch though shaw sure, beckham's mls is in for a wild ride but it's anything but easy the official details of the deal are not yet public but it looks like the mls had to get very creative to come up with an attractive deal as athletic reported everything is on the table in fact Two of the league's leading partners, Adidas and Apple TV Plus, are also involved in this. Wall Street Journal also states that MLS and Apple have joined hands to offer Messi a portion of the revenue that will come out of getting new subscribers for Apple TV's MLS Season Pass. This is an extension of a 2.5 billion dollar agreement which Apple made earlier this spring with the league. Not only that, Apple also has plans to release a four-part documentary series on Messi's World Cup appearances. Now, this is just one end of the deal. Adidas is plotting its own course to sweeten it. According to the Athletic, the sportswear Goliath is offering a big slice of its profits stemming from Messi's association with MLS. MLS and Adidas recently rekindled their partnership resulting in a 6-year, 830 million dollar deal until 2030. Messi himself has been collaborating with the brand since 2006. You might be wondering how all this will impact the MLS. Based on Messi's associations with other clubs, it is clear that his presence will attract huge attendances, internal exposure, and merchandise sales while also altering the league's brand equity. Per Athletic He is every marketer's dream. I mean, when Beckham joined the league, MLS sold 300,000 jerseys and international TV sales shot up from nothing to distribution in 100 countries including Asia and Mexico. That says something, especially considering that Messi is in a stronger position than his alumni. 
by the end of his career, he might even own a piece of the league. Having said all this, in the grand scheme of things, we're still in the dark about the deal. Right now, all we can do is sit tight and see what unfolds. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I'm Farheen Khan and this is the Deep Dive for 9th June 2023. In today's Deep Dive, we'll talk about the Sandesara brothers and their great escape. Around four years ago, the Sandesara family joined the ranks of fugitives who were labelled as economic offenders, alongside prominent figures like Vijay Malia, Lalit Modi and Nirav Modi. Originating from Gujarat, the Sandesaras have been on the run since 2017. Their pharmaceutical company Sterling Biotech is alleged to have defrauded banks to the tune of 16,000 crore rupees, according to an Economic Times report from 2021. And by the way, Hitesh Kumar Narendra Bhai Patel, the brother-in-law of the Sandesara brothers, is also listed as one of the accused individuals in the case. Before we delve into the specific events surrounding the Sandesara family's downfall in India and subsequent rise in Nigeria, let's take a step back and understand their background. The Sandesara brothers Nitin and Chetan Kumar began their entrepreneurial journey in the tea production and trading industry. However, they soon transitioned to the manufacturing of gelatin, a vital component used in drug making. As their businesses thrived, the Sandesara brothers expanded their influence and gained control over an extensive network of companies. They had a portfolio of around 340 companies, with nearly 92 of them operating outside India. Their business interests spanned across various sectors, including energy, construction and healthcare. Their conglomerate was estimated to be worth approximately $7 billion. As their wealth expanded, the Sandesara family embraced a lavish lifestyle. They had even become a prominent fixture in Indian tabloids. But soon, the empire began to wobble. In 2017, a significant turning point occurred as the Central Bureau of Investigation or the CBI in New Delhi accused the Sandesara brothers and their company of cheating and criminal conspiracy. Even the Enforcement Directorate launched an investigation claiming that the Sterling Biotech Group linked to the Sandesera brothers and Chetan Kumar's wife Dipti Ben had illegally acquired and laundered more than $700 million for their personal enrichment. The Enforcement Directorate's investigation revealed that the Sandesaras had allegedly engaged in fraudulent activities by manipulating financial figures in the balance sheets of their flagship companies. By doing so, they reportedly deceived banks into sanctioning higher loan amounts. After the Indian officials called out the Sandesara family, they fled the country to evade arrest. So now, their next destination was Albania. Despite being wanted individuals, the family obtained Albanian citizenship swiftly, receiving their new passports as early as February 2018. Albania even appointed Nitin Sandesara as an honorary consul to Nigeria in 2019. However, his role was short-lived. After just three months, Albania got wind of his wanted status in India for money laundering and stripped him of his honorary consul title. The Sandesaras' Albanian stint didn't last too long. Their next port of call was Nigeria, 
the country where the family is currently flourishing. And no, it's not like the Sandesara family started from scratch when they allegedly moved to Nigeria. In fact, they were present at the oil-rich African country two decades ago with two onshore exploration licenses in the Delta region. Their success was recognized when Nigeria's former president included Sterling, their business identity, in the country's list of top 100 businesses in 2014. Currently, according to a Bloomberg report, the family's Nigerian oil and gas business is thriving. Through their subsidiaries, Sterling Oil Exploration and Production Co. and Sterling Global Oil Resources Limited, they currently extract approximately 50,000 barrels of crude oil per day in the Delta region. Their contracts with the state-owned Nigerian National Petroleum Corporation contribute to this thriving operation. Moreover, one of their units is preparing to bring a third block into production this year, which is expected to further boost their daily output to over 100,000 barrels. So far, Nigerian officials have not shown significant interest in the accusations against the Sandesera family. When India sought their arrest four years ago, Nigeria refused to comply suggesting that the allegations appear to be politically motivated. So, as of now, it looks like the Sandeseras will continue to thrive in the West African region. Speaking of which, the Sandeseras aren't the only Indian-origin fugitives on the run. Almost exactly a year ago, we had told you about the fall of the Gupta Empire. If you missed out on it, do check out the link in the show notes. But anyway, the TLDR of the episode is that, in June 2022, South African authorities managed to arrest Atul and Rajesh Gupta in Dubai as they were wanted for corruption charges in South Africa. The brothers are accused of utilizing their close relationship with the former South African president Jacob Zuma to secure lucrative deals. And as the report suggests, the UAE initially rejected the extradition request from South Africa, citing inadequate legal documentation. However, in a recent update, the South African Justice Ministry has expressed its intention to pursue renewed extradition efforts after engaging in discussions with the UAE authorities. So, I guess it's safe to say, in this world of thrilling escapades, these Indian-origin fugitives have kept one step ahead of those chasing them. Will they keep running? Or will the long arm of the Indian law catch them? Only time will tell. And before we sign off for the week, here is our third segment, One Last Thing, where we bring you an offbeat story that you won't find in the headlines. Thanks to social media, we're all familiar with red flags and green flags in relationships. But have you heard of the latest dating phenomenon called beige flag? Yes, this term has taken TikTok and the internet by storm. Now, imagine this. You meet someone who seems pretty great, but there are a few quirks that make you raise an eyebrow. That's where the beige flag comes in. Essentially, beige flags are softer, less alarming cousins of red flags. They highlight quirky habits or mundane qualities in a partner. While they may not be immediate deal breakers, they deserve attention and consideration. We're talking about those also-unique habits, like having strong opinions on controversial topics like pineapple on pizza, or the unusual dunking Oreos in water instead of milk. But what do you think? Are beige flags here to stay? If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. 
rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Charmika, Akshaya and Manaswini. Edited by Dinesh Narayanan and Venkatanand. Mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvam. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are thesignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.